Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. In the previous podcast, we started breaking down John chapter 13 and Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I talked about how don't confuse God's love with God's salvation. He loves everyone. He loves the sinner. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. And salvation, there's, it, it, salvation is conditional. God's love is unconditional. It's agape love. But salvation is conditional because there's a choice that we have to make. We have to choose to, to put on Christ, to live for Christ, and, and not do our own thing, but to do God's thing, to do uh, God's purpose and to do His will. And we started looking at um, how Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and in particular, Judas's feet. And that's a great example of... God's love is how this man was greedy. He was a thief. He stole money from the disciples. Jesus knew this the whole time. Jesus knew that he was going to betray him this night after this meal was over with. And yet Jesus still, even when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and, and Judas came up with this little militia to arrest Jesus, Jesus calls him friend. And and so I, I talked about in the last podcast how people want to make an impact. And, and, and I challenged you or whoever's listening to this podcast, if you want to make an impact, do it the right way. Read the Gospels. Look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and see how Jesus made such a huge impact on the people in his society and, and all around him. And it was a peaceful way. It's not like people today who want to make an impact and do it the wrong way. Read the Gospels and see how Jesus made an impact and, and be like Jesus. And that's the challenge that I left off uh, with the last podcast. Um, and, and if you want to make a difference in your society and you want to stand out, I mean, look how Jesus stood out. And, and, and he... He, he chose these 12 men to pour himself into, and he, the, he literally, by teaching these 12 men for three, three and a half years, and then filling them with the Holy Spirit after he left, he literally changed the world with these 12 men. And you can look at these 12 men, and you can break them down, their lives, and you can see that they were not perfect people. There was only one perfect person in this world, and that was Jesus Christ. And even he was crucified, uh, and he never did anything wrong. And so I want to challenge you to read the Gospels, read about Jesus, and see how he made an impact. And if you want to make an impact, and I know you do, then be like Jesus. Allow him to work through you and watch the amazing impact that you will have on the people that are around you, I promise. And so we're going to move on with John chapter 13. And 
as I started off the last podcast, how Peter, when Jesus came to Peter, when he was washing the disciples' feet, and Peter says, no, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have any part of me. And Peter says, well, here's my hands and my head. Wash them as well. Not, don't just stop on my feet. Just wash me all over. And so in John chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, Jesus, after, after Peter said that, Jesus says this, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. And he is talking about Judas. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to do or to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Even though Judas was chosen by Jesus, loved by Jesus, Judas was never clean. His heart was never transformed, which is why he could continue to do all the things that he did instead of repenting. And then, and then after he betrays Jesus, he throws the money back at the, at the, uh, uh, to the religi- religious leaders. He didn't keep the money. And he goes out and he hangs himself, which reiterates what I was trying to say in, in the, the, the last podcast, that you have a choice. You can choose to follow Jesus and allow him to fulfill his purpose through you, or you can choose not to follow Jesus and, and, and reject him and do your own thing, which is what a, a lot of people do. Just don't be fooled into thinking that just because he loves you that you're saved and you're all right with God because it, 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 that's just not true. It doesn't work that way. And so Jesus is about to freak everybody out in the room as he's going he's gonna to lower the boom in verse 21 when he says, it says, John says, Jesus was deeply troubled and, and Jesus exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Now, get this. The Greek word here for troubled is terasso. It's the same word used when Jesus was on his way to Lazarus' tomb. And remember, we covered this before, how he got upset. And John says, Jesus wept, right? Well, I talked about how he was... He wasn't upset because of, of he, he, he wasn't crying over Lazarus' death. He knew that Lazarus was fixing to be raised from the dead. What he was upset with was the people's unbelief. And the people's unbelief, even Martha and Mary's unbelief, was just overwhelming. And, and it's not that he was crying. It's like he was so angry. Have you ever been so angry that you, you cried just a little bit? That's what Tarasso means. And, and, and that is that word when John says Jesus wept, it's the same word right here when Jesus uh, when John says that Jesus was deeply troubled, Tarasso. He, he was about to face crucifixion, a very painful, horrible death because of Judas's greed and he's angry. He's angry. He's up, he's upset with Judas because of what was about to take place. And in John chapter 13, verses 22 through 30, it says the disciples, they, they started looking at each other and they're wondering, you know, 
what could this mean? And the disciple, this is John. Most people say this is John talking about himself. He, he doesn't, want, doesn't want to name himself. But it says, The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table, and Simon Peter motioned to him and asked, Who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? And Jesus responded, It's the one who I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. And when Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. And then Jesus told him, hurry up and do what you're going to do. And none of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was the, their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. Now, can you imagine the chaos that's, in the, that's going on in this room at this very moment? They, they, even though Jesus had told them this is coming, that I'm going to die, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be put in a tomb for three days, but I'll rise again. They, they, they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. So they, they, they have no clue uh, what's going on here. And, and I want you to notice something here. John points out again that Jude, Judas is the treasurer for the group, right? He was in charge of the money. And John pointed out in the previous chapter that Judas stole money uh, from the bag. Nowhere in this passage nor in any other passage that I know of does it mention that Judas left the bag there with the other disciples. That tells me, matter of fact, what it does mention is that uh, that they, the disciples, all of them thought that Judas was leaving the room and going out into the night to go uh, pay for the food or give money to the poor, which implies, in my opinion, this John implies that Judas left with that money bag. So not only did he betray Jesus, but he stole everything that those disciples had, all of their money. And again, this just shows the love of Jesus because Jesus knew this was going on. And, and I want to know... What did the disciples say to him when he shows up at the Garden of Gethsemane in just a matter of hours with a small militia to arrest Jesus? We know what Jesus said because Jesus calls him friend. You know, what love, what, what, what display of grace and mercy. But what about the disciples? What did they, what, they had to say something to Jesus. Dude, what are you doing? They're freaking out. But speaking of love, listen to what Jesus tells the 11 disciples that are left in the room after Judas goes out to, to do his thing in verses 31 through 35. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. When we come back from break, I want to break down what Jesus says here to the remaining 11 apostles because he is going to give them 
a command. It's not an option. It is a command to love one another. And there, there are at least four words in the Greek for the word love. And, and here's the thing. When, you, when you're reading the Bible, you're reading an English version. And many times you, you don't get the original meaning of what the Bible is trying to say, or especially what Jesus is trying to say. Because there's four different words for love. And so what is he telling? He's telling his disciples to love, but what word is he using? And we're going to discuss that when we come back from the break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry, and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk. And you get to be a part of this movement, too. I'll see you there. Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment and he tells them, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I said there's there's at least four words in the Greek for love. There's eros, which uh, we get our word erotic. Uh, it's a sensual or passionate love. It's it's where the idea of Cupid comes from. Uh, then you have Philea, which you know the state of Philadelphia is known as uh, the state of brotherly love. Uh, then there's Storhe, which is a love between parents and children. And then there's Agape, which is a, the type of love that God loves with. It's an unconditional love. And the word Agape is the word that Jesus uses here when he tells his disciples, he's, he says, love each other. In other words, he's saying, without conditions, love each other. Just as, just as I have loved you with, without any conditions, I took you just the way you are and I continue to love you. You should love each other without condition. Your, your love for one another, the way you love without conditions for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so Jesus is telling his disciples to literally love each other with no conditions, just like he loved them. And and Christian, I'm, I'm speaking directly to you now. Who is that brother or sister, your fellow Christian in the church that you aren't loving? Who is that person that has hurt you so bad that you can't stand? Who is that person that sits across the church building from you who you avoid or they avoid you at all costs? That, that's, not, that's not God's love. That's not displaying unconditional love. Love each other without conditions, Jesus says. In fact, it was so important to Jesus that he re repeats it. 
Just as I have loved you unconditionally, I chose you just as you are, faults and all. So love each other without conditions, faults and all. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, then my friend, you don't have any other option. You have to love unconditionally. You have to forgive and you have to drop the grudge. You better go to that brother or sister in Christ and make amends now before it's too late. Ask them for forgiveness and ask God to forgive for not loving like he does. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, agape, unconditionally. You should love each other. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my, my disciples or my followers. Jesus isn't giving his followers an option here. It's a command. How will people know that you follow Jesus? By your love that you show to the fellow believers. How you love them unconditionally, just like he loves you unconditionally. And he displayed his love for you on a cross. And from that cross, while hanging in pain and trying to breathe for six hours, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And if you're holding grudges, if you are angry and bitter at a brother or sister in Christ, you better do some soul searching and some serious praying because Jesus commands us to love without conditions. Well, you don't know what they did to me, Randy. Guess what? I don't need to know what they did to you. It doesn't matter what they did to you. Well, you don't understand how bad they hurt me. You're right, I don't. But it doesn't matter how bad they hurt you. It doesn't matter what they did to hurt you. I'm sorry that they hurt you. They hurt Jesus. Jesus still loved unconditionally. Jesus still forgave. Even when he was suffering in so much pain, nothing that they, that person has done to you compares to anything that Jesus went through on the cross. Yet he still loved unconditionally. He commands us to love unconditionally. What matters is how you love that person and how people see how you treat your brother and sister in Christ. And if you're avoiding that person, if you're holding grudges, people know that. People see that. And that's not Jesus. Jesus does not hold grudges. He forgets our sin as far as from the east is from the west. It's constant. He always forgives and forgets. Not that you can forget what the person has done for you or to you and hurt you. But you can forgive and you can choose in Christ to forgive and treat that brother or sister as Christ with compassion and mercy and grace, just as Jesus has treated you. Jesus and Judas are perfect examples. He chose a few coins over someone's life. And, and, and that someone never did anything wrong. Talking about Jesus. Jesus was guilty of being full of nothing but full of grace, mercy, compassion, unconditional love. And all he did was help people and make their lives better. He healed people, raised people from the dead. 
But within a few hours of John 13 and this last Passover meal that you read about in John 13, Jesus would be suffering the worst, most horrific, painful death a person could go through. Being hung, upside, out, uh, being hung outside the city gate to be humiliated as he struggled to breathe for six hours until he couldn't breathe anymore. He couldn't take it anymore and he dies. Oh, so Judas could have 30 pieces of silver. And yet Jesus still called him friend and Jesus still washed his feet. And John points out that Jesus loved all of his disciples, including Judas, to the end. Listen, friend, and listen close. Hell ain't worth a grudge. Hell is not worth your anger, your bitterness, your feud. So Jesus says, so now I'm giving a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Forgive. Let go of that grudge. Let go of that bitterness. And allow Christ to work in you. Show grace and show mercy and show compassion to your fellow believers. So Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And, and Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you can follow me, me later. And that, that comes uh, from verse uh, 36, 37, I believe, in John 13, when Jesus says, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I have told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. And Simon Peter, he asked him, says, Lord, where are you going? We want to go. And Jesus says, you can't follow me now, but you can follow me later. And so later implies that at one point in time in the near future, Peter will be where Jesus is going. Uh, which we know is heaven, but Peter didn't understand at the moment. He didn't have a clue what Jesus was talking about. He wanted to go. But Jesus knew his mission. He knew his time had come. And the disciples, they were just clueless until Acts chapter uh, 2. This probably is a poor example, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's like being a child and asking your parent if you could go to work with them. And they have a hard job. They have a hot job or they, they have a dangerous job. And, and, and as a child, you want to be with your mom or your dad. And you say, I, I just want to go with you. And they say, son or daughter, you can't go with me right now. Well, why not? I, I want to be with you. I, I love you. Well, I love you too, but you can't go with me right now. And what we don't understand as a little kid, as a small child, that, that, that kids can't go to work with their parents because it's a dangerous place. And they have a task to, to do and they have to earn money to take care of us. But what happens is mom and dad, they come home from work and they rejoin the family. And that, that's basically the idea that's going on here. Jesus knew what was about to take place. He knew what the will of God was, that he had to die on the cross, that he could be placed in that tomb for three days and he could come out uh, victorious over death, hell and the grave in three days on Sunday morning. The, the disciples didn't get that. Even though Jesus had tried to explain it to them over and over again, but they soon would understand. And so Jesus is telling the disciples, you can't go with me right now. But pretty soon we'll join up back together. And so, you know, Peter's saying, hey, I'll go wherever you go. Even if, if you go to the cross, I'll die with you. 
And that's when Jesus says, Peter, before the night's over with, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, I will never deny you. I will die with you. But you know what? The rooster crowed and he, and he denies Peter. Uh, Peter denies Jesus three times. We'll cover that here in another, another chapter. But Jesus says, you know, if you want to go where I go, Luke 9, 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you want to be my disciple, you must give up your own way and take up your cross daily and follow me. But here's the thing. Don't be like Peter and say that you'll die with Jesus when you can't even go across the street to your neighbor's house and help your neighbor out. Don't say that, that, that you'll die with Jesus you want to follow Jesus when you can't even get out of the bed and, and, and go to, to a church service and worship Jesus. And I can go on and on and on with, with so many examples. Hello? Peter thought he was the man. He thought that his faith in Jesus was solid. But he was about to find out that he was like butter. When it's in the refrigerator, it's hard. It's kind of hard to slice. But as soon as the heat hits it, it's easy to slice right through that butter. Matter of fact, it, it melts. And that's exactly what Peter does when the heat is turned up. He denies Jesus three times. And not, in Matthew 26, 35, not only did Peter deny Jesus, or the, not only did, did Peter say he would die with Jesus, all the disciples said that they would uh, die with Jesus. But do you know where the disciples were? After uh, Jesus was betrayed by Judas, Mark chapter 14, verses 50 through 52 says, All the disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man was following behind, was clothed only in a long linen shirt. And when the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. They ran for their lives. We will die with you, Jesus. But when it came time, when, when the heat was turned on, they were gone. They were out of there. And in a matter of minutes, they desert him and they flee for their lives. I want to leave you with this thought in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. If you think you're standing, Paul says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. If you think you are standing strong, if you think your faith is so strong, you better take heed lest you fall. How many times do we go to church and we worship with everything we have and yet we deny Jesus by the way we live our lives when we're at work, when we're at the grocery store, when we're at the mall, wherever we're at. DC Talk came out with a song called What If I Stumble? It was on their Jesus Freak album in 1995, I believe. And there was a quote from a man named Brennan Manning and I'm not going to go into Brennan Manning's life, but you can Google uh, about this man. Uh, he did some bad things, and he was basically a preacher. And he was covering up what he was doing um, and what he called and stay in practice. And you can take time to, to read about Brennan Manning, but he, he had a quote. And he wrote a lot of books, and uh, called one one of his famous books is the Ragamuffin Gospel. And uh, people, uh, Michael W. Smith, for example, uh, has given away countless numbers uh, of of that book. And Rich Mullins, who passed away in a plane crash, I believe, uh, named his band the Ragamuffin Band because he was influenced by um, uh, Manning's 
um, works. But Manning uh, is quoted on that DC Talk album. And this is the quote that they use on that album uh, or in that song, What If I Stumble? He says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? When people look at me, do they see Jesus? It's easy to be Jesus when we're in church with other believers. But what about when we're in the world amongst unbelievers? Do people see Jesus? Take a, take a listen to that song. What if I stumble? What if I fall? Great song, even though it is from 1995, back in my day. Yeah. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life.